We let George come back and co-host the show, and that's George spelled Jorge, if you're interested. And after he uh, stickered up everybody's car, started waving his flag around, we got into the good stuff. That uh, first-rate information passed on by second-rate hosts. We talk about how to set up a steering damper, different ways to tune your bike. And if you do do some tuning to your bike and it stops running, we talk about what the problem is. There's all kinds of questions about the bikes we test, and we drop a few other random nuggets of knowledge. So if you're wondering how this podcast gets to you, you got to thank the fine folks at Recluse for bringing it to you. And Recluse makes automatic clutches, and they make them for adventure bikes. So if you want your adventure to be a lot smoother, easier going, all because you don't have to work on the clutch, with your fingers that is, check out Recluse. That's www.recluse.com. That's recluse.com. And now here's the show. So live from Pahrump, this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is the show where we talk about, what do we talk about, George? Dirt bikes and dirt bike related questions. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's almost exactly but what we talk about. some adventure bikes and other things, fuel, the best oil. We talk about motocross too. Yeah. Trail riding. But, Enduro, <clears throat> but we won't tell you where we ride. Um, yeah. All those kind of things. Uh, luckily... Uh, for you, because I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't do it anymore. Um, this show is brought to you by KTM, and uh, KTM has a little ad read that we like to have our co-host read. So let's let's hear in your in your. You've done it before in your announcer <clears throat> voice. Put put poor little Logan to shame. And no, Logan didn't just age seventy years. Powered by a distinct ready to race mentality, KTM's is is the world's leading high performance street and off road sport manufacturer. With North American headquarters based in Murrieta, California. Over the years, KTM has built a reputation as a fierce competitor of racetracks around the world, and the brand's remarkable global success is reflected in every product it (laughs) develops and every move it makes. Don't worry, you already missed a word. You, yeah, you, you, yeah you, I know, right in the beginning. sport motorcycle manufacturers. Well, we know they're motorcycles. They do that three-wheeler thing, too, don't they? Uh-uh. Or, oh, the they Ox- have a little race car. The, the Oxbow. Yeah. No, that's that's the <clears throat> that's the car department. Um, is it three-wheeled? No, I think it's four. I think it's four-wheeled. Yeah, it might be four. It's four-wheeled. So that's, that's a, I don't know. Let's, Logan will give you the grade. Logan's probably watching to see if he's jobs in jeopardy. Logan's uh, probably on a date. Really? Think so? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably what I would probably do. Probably got a I got lot of sympathy. Injured. Yeah, sympathy date. That's how you get the ladies. Uh, okay, thanks everybody for joining in. Um, good to see everybody again. You can see all the people in the chat room. Everybody wonders where this show evolves from, where it comes from. Uh, live from Pahrump, Nevada is where we're at. Um, we affectionately say the Valley of the Dirt People. I put a nice picture of the... the um, the dust cloud that this place was um, blowing up uh, in the last couple of days. We had, what was our winds here? They weren't that bad. They were only like 35, 35, 40, did you say? 30. 30, yeah. Consistent 30. Yeah, just batting down the hatches a little bit, get used to it. Um, so uh, we have, what else do we have? Oh, yeah, I was going to tell you how this show works. If, you, if you're new to this show, we do it live on Facebook every Tuesday night. Uh 
usually have a taco or a beer. In this case, we had some pizza, even though um, Bob grabbed the wrong sign that said we're eating tacos. Um, then, uh, amazingly, it gets put up onto YouTube. And I don't know how that happens because um, I have Logan do it sometimes. But uh, I used to have this other guy do it, and he wasn't very good, not nearly as efficient. Uh, that's why it took till don't Friday. Be so mean. That's that's why we replace people if they don't if they're not on their toes they just it's just it's a revolving door around here. And Come so, on, I'm serious. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have to probably do it this week. I'm not sure, but so it probably won't get done. Then then I hopefully I'll fire myself and I don't have to do it again, and we'll be all we'll be all good. So, um, with that and then and then it it go, makes its way into the podcast world where we throw it up and you can find it on all your favorite um podcasting so maybe you're listening to it on one of those right now and you wonder how can i get my question in well you can uh, send us an email you can post it up on uh the youtube video we usually fish through those and see where the comments are coming through or you can be here live with us in the chat room like a lot of our uh People are, George, all your fan club must have joined into the chat room. It's looking a little busy in there. Like you there's, think so? Yeah, we're up over. We're, we're a few few over, and everybody's um, happy that you're there. They said, they said, and, and you told them to post, too. When you when you sent it out to your seven social media followers, you said post. Twelve. Them. Twelve. You said to post in the room and tell everybody you're here, because it's, it's eating up a lot of bandwidth here. I know. I just realized I was logged on to yours. So Can I we just talk about phones. the motorcycle stuff now? Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, any questions? Oh, and if you ordered a T-shirt in the last week, I haven't got to it at all. I'm just too busy. Hey, Eric Hermistad wants to know if we can talk about the settings on a Scott stabilizer. How do you set up for different levels of riders? Uh, yeah, we can absolutely talk about that. Do we want to talk about it right now? Well, he, He's, put, he it put it up. in the chat room. Then we're going to go straight to that. So Scott's uh, steering stabilizer has basically three main uh, functions, valving adjustments in it. So the one is the knob that you see with the little, it's a lot of times a little black arrow. It's the knob you can twist easily with your fingers. That's the low speed compression. And then right next to it on the right hand side is a, usually it's covered by a little black plastic thing. There's a screwdriver adjustment in there and that is the high speed compression. And then on the sides of the damper, there are two flat bladed um, screw uh, adjustments and those adjust the sweep and generally for off-road the way that they come set and i don't know the exact number of degrees but the sweep is pretty good so what it does what makes the scots kind of unique is that it 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 dampens away from center but not back to center so we call that free back to center so imagine you're riding your bike or your bike's on the stand and your handlebars are straight, when you turn the bars away from center, there's going to be some damping. And it goes and it goes and it goes. And then it will, at some point, break free and go out to the edge. So that's what we call the sweep. That's the sweep adjustments. So but the street bike's exactly opposite, isn't it? Their street version? The street one dampens both directions. It, it dampens <clears throat> back, to, back to center. And a lot of times on the street bikes, they actually free up the the sweep a lot earlier than the dirt bike so yeah there's definitely some different um settings in there that you can that you can play with you hear that what's that high p high pitch wine good i just take it out of there we won't hear it that way um so the sweep don't really you know they're in the and that this the damper comes with a really good manual by the way that will um 
tell you everything I'm telling you and quite a bit more, but it won't be as simple because you actually have to read. And I know how people are these days. So there's the high speed and the low speed adjustment are the two things you're really going to play with. And the way I run mine is I have very little low speed damping. So in other words, you can't feel it when you're just turning the bars. And I have a little bit more than where they are typically set standard in high speed damping. So it kicks in a little bit sooner when the when the, the steering tries to get, you know, hit or knocked by something. In other words, knocked out of out of line. So on the high speed, if you turn it up, does it actually increase the resistance through the full stroke nope. from center off? It just how quick it reacts nope. to it? And, and that's one of the things that makes the Scots kind of unique is that the that the high and low speed are pretty independent of each other, if not completely independent of each other. There is some overlap a little bit. But not nearly as much as like um, the the other one is the Promoto Billet one. They have they have a, a damper um, or is it Fastway? I think it's called the Fastway one, and it the overlap on the high and low speed is noticeable. Now whether it's a good or a bad thing is up to you. If you want to turn one knob and have both of them stiffen up at the same time, which I don't, but that's that's me personally. Um, you know you, that that'll work that way, but. So a lot of people like they turn the the low speed up when they get into like whoops or rocks or something where they 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 want it to kind of in sand washes, and for me I find that 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 holds the bike. It doesn't allow the steering to do its thing like naturally center up and do its thing if the low speed damping is in there because if you if you go to maneuver the bike and it and the steering is kind of slow to come around like it like it should. Um, Bob, we can hear you whispering. Um, you, you heard what I said. Yeah. No, I didn't pay attention to it, but I heard you whispering. George's mic picks it all up. <laughs> so anyways, the, 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 yeah, she, we should get the, I got one right down here. Get the thing they put around a dog, you know, to keep Actually, it from licking we itself. Just, we should just take it and put it in front of Bob's head. I think there's a way we can clamp it on. Uh, so, <laughs> so the, uh, so, so anyways, the, I like my steering to be pretty free, but then when it hits something, I want it to kind of the, the damper to kick in and help, you know, so it doesn't knock the handlebars out of my formerly strong hands. So now your mic's picking up your stomach, George. That's, yeah, that's, I'm, that. I'm turning, I'm turning that sucker. It was, I hope that was your stomach. I just got to turn this sucker. Down. You got, you got to aim it up a little bit so it's not pointing down there. <laughs> so. Anyways, that's uh, that's what the adjustments do. And the way to check the high speed is to put the bike up on a stand. And the way the way that I said it is I, I put the bike up on a stand. And first of all, make sure that your headset is properly greased and your steering damper is properly installed, centered on the steering, steering stem, all that stuff. Because a lot of people go, hey, can you check my steering damper? And I go, where'd you get, how, how did you get this mounted? And they're like, oh, I bought the mounts from so-and-so and I bought this and it's not on center. So it's not doing a, you know, the, the damper is actually doing an arc across the thing and the, the steering where it mounts to the, to the, to the post is all wrong. Make sure the bearings are good, all that stuff. But what I'll do is I'll take the, take the bars. I pull them all the way over to one side and then, and then with the low speed kind of reduced, I slam the handlebars so that it crosses all the way back to center and it's a really high speed hit. And then it it shouldn't let the bars go over to the other steering lock. It should dampen and slow it down. And I actually like mine to stop when so that the so if I start from one side and I really give it a good tug so that it it goes and kind of hits center and only goes about a quarter of the way to the to the sweep. And and so it's it's kind of a 
if if you don't have enough high speed, it'll go from one you know one sweep all the way clank all the way over to the other sweep. So again, it adjusts where that kicks in, or does it always kick in at center? And it just it just it's, you turn it up and it increases the resistance from going past that. going past center. Yeah, and so high speed would just be like you know it's a it's a high speed movement of the handlebar, and low speed is just all the time. But it only works going away from center so it's free back to center so that allows you when you do get hit when the bars do get knocked you can put them back into center without having to fight it back some dampers that dampen all the time if you hit something that knocks your wheels out of line you have to fight just as hard to get it back so and i don't i don't think that's 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 something that like for on road they use that to kind of when you go into a turn then it holds that you know it holds the bike in kind of that turn, and then it's it makes it more stable then as well. Well, it kind of isn't. I thought it was always for like a a wobble, and also for high speed oh, wobble. Yeah, and I uh, oscillation. Um, yeah, high speed wobble. Yeah. So, so if you took the low speed and mm-hmm. turned it up, saying sand to keep your wheel from wandering around or deep gravel, mm-hmm. what's the effect of that at the end of the day, in your opinion? That, um. Since it depends on how you ride the bike, if you're heavy on the handlebars, and and it it will it will help help keep the bars from from going away when you start falling onto the handlebars, and and you you know you start turning it. But if you if you watch if you watch guys when they ride and there there's a lot of weight up on the handlebars, when the bike starts shaking, all that weight causes it to shake, so it it dampens the the energy you're putting into the bars as well. Um, it, so maybe it, that's a good thing for somebody that's not managing their st- if that if that's bar the, if that's the way if that's the way they want to if that's the way they want to do their riding style it it could be a good thing I but I think the the one advantage is always kind of the free back to center but when I hop on someone's bike and they have their damper set pretty tight when, when I hop on it and I go to turn you know I lean the bike and I just expect the bars to kind of the to kind of move and they don't it's like the wheel stays straight or it's really slow to it's like i, I lose my balance because so basically like, if you got to turn it up you're you're steering the motorcycle with the bars which is contrary to the, everything you might learn at jimmy lewis com. uh yeah i do have a riding i have a riding school you, i think so. oh it just started up so, last week that's right we did a class so, this weekend yeah <laughs> eric hopefully that answered your question there's another one up here yeah, if you have a if you have a question, I got a B plus for that answer. I think no, Somebody's, that was me. Oh, you got a B plus? Something oh, for your reading. reading. So yeah. this next one is from Mac Thompson. Hey Jimmy, I have a 2014 Beta 300 RR and love it. It's been nothing but dead reliable. Coming on my third season, summer and winter with it. I also use it as a snow bike. It has 175 hours on it now, and I'm on my third piston. How much life can I expect out of it? And what should I do the bottom end? How many hours can a two-stroke motor really last if maintained? Sounds like he knows how many hours a piston will last because he's put three of them in, right? Yeah. Um, That's a lot to ask for a two-stroke snow to, thing. To tug a snow bike? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the 300 makes as much power as a as a four-stroke for the most part. Um, as a 400, 450, or 500 horse, or 500 cc four-stroke. So, I mean, he's in, and the bike's a little bit lighter, but... Those those snow bikes just drain the power out of it. But running a bike like you know under load isn't that isn't that hard on it per se, um, unless you you know over revving or you know doing doing strange stuff. Um, 
boy, out of the, the question I have the, is he, he says he replaced the piston, yeah, but doesn't say if it needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can just look like you know when it's like here's a piston when there's <clears> when there <throat> starts getting blow by, you know that's it's time, you know it's time to to to, to replace it. But uh, I. I, you know, we we pulled a beta apart that had 300 hours on it. It was Big John's bike, and it was actually 2014 also. So I don't – I th- and I think we put a crank in it when we did that. I think we just did it out of kind of preventative. And I don't recall whether he had done it before, but it was – when at 300 hours when we pulled it apart, it was like – I want to say – I want to say loose, but in a good way. Like, you know how – Two strokes run really, really good right before they blow up. <laughs> it was like it was like that. It was you know, and that I can feel that with my one twenty fives. You know, when the one twenty five starts running just incredibly good, it's like oh, better go look at the crank. You know, the 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 big end usually the big end is getting kind of loose. But there's there's measurements you can do. You know, there's free play measurements that you can do um, on the crank to tell you. But I mean, if you've got if if you're getting uh, you know, you know, if you if you're up to like 200 hours and stuff, the next time you pull apart, it probably wouldn't be it probably wouldn't be bad to to throw a crank in it. So it sounds like three seasons. Wait, let me uh, third piston at 175 hours. Yeah. So, so you're saying next time he goes in there, yeah, and do maybe, the crank. I mean, I mean, if if you're if you're you know you're running it really hard and getting good use out of, I mean, the snow bike thing worries me just a little bit. Like I said, that's that's a you know think about like. When it's pushing all that stuff, it's got to push that hard on that crankshaft, you know, and, and... And those don't have a heavier crankshaft like the four-stroke would have where you've got all that inertia going more. It seems uh, like the big four-stroke's got a lot of inertia yeah, going. Yeah, but to I, 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 I'm sure it has plenty of inertia. I mean, that's a, the, the Beta does have a pretty... It's a pretty robust crank in there. It's not... it by By any means, it's not... That's why that bike weighs almost... Like, compared to a KTM, they're almost 20 pounds heavier. So if you if you ask me like hey which which like current which current bike would you put would rather put a snow snow bike on I'd probably go that beta because the transmissions everything in it's a little bit bigger you know they're they seem to be pretty low, that reliable three hundred RR we were riding right yeah you rode one this weekend yeah but that's a what a twenty or twenty one yeah doing t- how would you like that it's a nice bike it runs good yeah it's not my three hundred KTM but. Runs good. I was cracking up when you were doing going across that ditch on the last day. Jim and I were talking about that. So Jimmy come, Jimmy stops the group. We're riding from point A to point B. Teach, it's, teachable moment. It's George. kind of a yeah. It's a hard way, easy way thing. So these are the guys that want to go the hard way. And Jimmy sees a ditch, what ten feet across? Yeah, ten maybe four feet deep in the center, square edges. Turns we stop there. We're waiting. Jimmy goes along and just. Over the squared off part, just kind of rides over it. You don't hear much from the bike or anything. Cool. Wow, how'd that happen? Did that. Then he goes back and demonstrates, okay, I'll drop the wear wheel on the other side and see what happens. And then he says, so, you know, you're flying along on this and you don't want to hit it and, like, stuff your front wheel into the far side. And he kind of shrugs his shoulders and turns around and comes back and does another run at it, stuffs his front tire about a foot below this vertical and goes across it and comes out the other end. That was... Well, it was, it was a Jimmy it was moment. Just, it was just to it was just to show guys how you how you learn instead of like learning by crashing into that, like because I don't know what happened and then you probably don't know what happened. I actually go and see what happens. You know, I I, well, I showed him the right way and then okay, well now you're getting more confident. Let's try a little bit of the wrong way, a little bit more of the wrong way. Then here's really the wrong way. 
but not enough to where, I mean, I was going to crash, but I, I could have found a safer place to demonstrate that. I mean, but that, that was, was a pretty good hit on the other side. I was surprised you went out and did that. Well, the guy asked me. So I mean, and you didn't it? look that out. You weren't no. that out of shape going through there, no. right, Jim? You just. What's, I mean, the, what's was, the most important thing, George? That you survive. No, balance. Balance and traction. Yeah, if I was balanced, nothing bad happens. The minute you're out of balance, then all kinds of stuff goes wrong. There's uh, no, another one here for you. Okay. Todd Kelly, question for you experts. So that's experts. plural, which is wrong. <laughs> There's an expert here, and it's not me. I have a 19300 TPI, which is a phenomenal bike. Adding air via manipulating the air box, plus adding some fuel via the JD tuner. Would there be any fit benefit there? So he's asking. Uh, a couple other internet experts, and he quotes it, so I like Todd. A couple other internet experts mentioned cutting the little plastic tab on the airbox cover, saying the TPI can benefit from more air. Does unplugging the ECU reset anything? Another question. Do these ECUs have any on-the-fly adjustment or learning function? So, no, there's no on-the-fly adjustment with the, uh, I mean, other than the normal stuff. I mean, just it, it on the the 19, it takes a uh, an ambient air pressure um, check when, when, you, when you start it up. And I don't know how much it does while it's running. I don't think it does a whole lot. And um, so it knows when you start it up, it knows what the air pressure is. It knows what the temperature is. Um, I, I, I think other than that, it's just, it's. It's not like reading exhaust gases or anything like that. It's not. It's not closed loop. Um, so, in that thing, it's um, does unplugging the ECU do anything? No, no. It's not gonna. It's not gonna hurt it to unplug the ECU. Um, uh, it can does it have any learning? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, it can learn when you plug it back into the, the dealer tool, <laughs> and they can they can learn it to something different. And there have been updates for those bikes. So, and I would. Uh, if you if you if it's been a while since it's been updated, I know there have been some updates, and you could probably have your dealer throw that in and be a good idea. Um, so, internet experts. Uh, <laughs> so, if I mean, it's all it's a system, and and I'm not sure. So, what are you trying to get? Um, like, would there be any benefit for adding the fuel and a you know cutting the airbox? It's, what are you trying to get? Like, do you want, like, it's going to take a pretty big throttle opening, a pretty, um, a pretty, you know, it's going to take like wide open before that type of modifica modification is really going to come into play. Sometimes it changes throttle response when you open the airbox up because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't act like a little bit like a vacuum. But um, I don't, I don't. Yeah, you can get it to do almost anything. At least you just didn't cut the airbox open and and expect it to be better because you heard some internet ex expert. They probably should have just cut the muffler off too. How were you in King of Motos, mm -hmm. which you rode last year on a nineteen three hundred TPI? Right, a pretty stock bike, right? Mm -hmm. Pipe. Uh, well, it had a it had a pipe and a and a tuner on it. And you adjusted the power valve a little, but yep. that's it. Nope. Yep. That's all I did. No extra oil in the gas tank. No, I didn't put extra. Oil. <laughs> I didn't buy the. I didn't buy the fitting that's maybe straight where it comes out of the fuel tank instead of doing. So, were you ever, or how often were you wide open against the throttle stop in that, that race? Bike? Never. No. Rare. Yeah. Rare. I mean. Oh well. Yeah. We did that. We did that. Um. The. Uh, 
the prologue thing. It was we started on the short course. It was wide open there. Okay, for a short so, while. <laughs> for a short while, but it went plenty fast. Um, yeah, if I, I, I mean, yeah, you can do all that stuff, and, and then you can play with it because it can change the character. But if you said I want to get this type of power, and would the airbox help that? I might be able to guess, but my major major guess is is no. Um, that it's uh, it's probably not going to make a huge difference. It might just change the character. That's what I would guess. Mike Osborne says you can tell Scott's Scott's that is the Scott Stamper. If it has an R, R stamped on, it, on, the, the, on the yeah on the front of it, it's the um, road one. Yep, because the I think it's the cover. I think it's yeah. actually on the cover. Who's it's this on the next? Cover. Who's this next clown that put up Paul Neff? There? I know that guy. Paul Neff. What is he was actually. I was going to do the Sonora Rally in March. I'm going to do the Sonora Rally. Besides robbing a oh, bank. Oh, see, he wants me to sponsor him. Getting, <laughs> <laughs> you missed your chance on, uh, what, Catalina? Is that what he was supposed to do for you? Yeah. Yeah. And since, see, notice how he answered the question, and then his, and his wife joined right after, underneath the check to see how the sponsorship was going. Yeah. So <laughs> he wants right. any other tips for the rally for his rally program. Has Paul got, I don't know. He's, he's going to go try to ride the Sonora Rally. Nice. Um, any other tip? No, you just, the, the, fir- the first one, you you learn, um, the, the whole first one is just a learning experience. That's all it is. You just go there and learn and learn, and you don't really even know what to to start learning or how to prepare other than maybe talking to some people that have done it. And I have not done the Sonora Rally, so I can't tell you specifically about that one. But, um, yeah, you just go there with a program that's designed to just be there to learn, and that's it. No other learn and finish because if you practice not finishing, that's a not a good habit to get into. Call me, Paul, but you're, uh, if I sponsor you, you'll have to have this <laughs> all over and, and maybe this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. These are available for just uh, sixty nine ninety five. They're wind flags. Test. What, what that's is a it? flag for my RV. Oh, for your RV. You pull it up on the thing when it's time to come over and have a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the guy in the beta said he re- replaced the piston every fifty hours for preventive maintenance, and he says snow biking is wide open throttle all day yeah absolutely so that's asking a lot of anything yeah i i don't i don't think wide open is that hard on a piston for some reason i don't i don't think it's that bad i think they're they're kind of designed to run like that if it's under under load not just over spinning it's probably okay (laughs) you know what i mean if it's not yeah i mean it's there's definitely more there's definitely more pressure inside inside that stuff um scott zundel Zone Zundel, do you plan on reviewing the WP Explorer 6500 fork cartridges? Um, not just yet. I just saw so they so WP just announced today that they're they basically have you know works kit suspension for your uh, for your KTM uh, open cartridge forks. So they I, they they just a little bit. A little bit back, they and they announced like full kit suspension for it, so the entire shock, the entire fork, um, and then now they have a have a cartridge. And I didn't, I didn't read carefully that thing, but I think it's a closed cartridge. I'm, I like the, I like the open cartridge fork for the way I ride that bike. Um, it's uh, 
Pretty good. Um, and Victor says he wants to run your flag in the uh, LA B2V. Of course he does. Yeah. So um, I got the questions from the uh, – where do these come from? I don't know. Maybe the emails. So we'll hit the email segment of the questions. It says, DBT, I've been listening to T4. That's what we call this show, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, and love this show. I just got my 21 KTM 300 XCW, and I am pretty disappointed it does not come with a spark arrestor. Gleaming knowledge from T4 adding a PC 296 spark arrestor silencer for maximum noise reduction will also require a fuel tuner to compensate fueling for adding the new silencer. This is becoming quite an expensive spark arrestor. Like Jimmy, I am cheap and resourceful. Since my new silencer is essentially worthless, I think I will now have to know how to hack in a PC or FM, FMF replacement spark arrestor screen into the stock silencer. Would this get clogged on a TPI or do they run that clean? I read on the web toilet that proper two-stroke silencer is also baffled to avoid gumming up the screen. I would rather spend my money on a DBT t-shirt or tequila donation. Please advise. Raymond Wind. I think Raymond's the guy who's been waiting for his t-shirt for over a week now. Mm. <laughs> Come to think of it. Um, so I, I actually, uh, I, I answered him. I sent this email back. So uh, let's see. Um, so really just throwing a spark arrestor on the back of the TPI bike does not require the, the tuner. But to get it to run perfect, back to perfect, it does. And we did that on your bike, didn't we? We were, we were throwing that spark arrestor on and off without doing the fueling changes. Remember that day we were just doing all kinds of pipes? And it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't perfect. But what did it, what did it do? It, did, it had a characteristic. I don't remember. I have to look at my notes. But the, it, did, it did change something. and didn't matter. We had a couple different types of spark arresters that I put on there. And and it changed. I wish I remember what it was it changed something, but you could get that out with a fuel tuner. It wasn't it wasn't enough to where you'd have to have it. For, but it's for, a race bike. That's why it doesn't come with a spark arrestor, right? They're sold as closed course competition yeah. bikes. Yes, and uh, so there. Peanut there, Gallery's got a comment. There, there. are options. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through my thought train here. Uh, there are options. That you can do like um, Enduro Engineering makes a bolt-on end piece. I think Promoto Billet. I, I know they have them for four strokes. I don't know if they have one for a two-stroke. George is doing the research right now. Um, this is what Logan needs to learn how to do. Learns how to type that stuff into his little phone. But there's end caps you can put on there, and I would not hack the stock one apart to put a screen in um, unless it was real easy to get the screen in and out. Because what is plugging up? It do, they do run really clean, but what is clogging up the spark arrestor is essentially like unburnt oil. And no matter what, there's always going to be a little bit of that, even with the oil injection in combination with the fuel injection. It's still pretty clean, but... Um, so yeah, you Google it and you come up with a few hits here for different options from different vendors. Right. And so uh, they... And they and they don't run a, a like a baffle, like I said, a baffle to avoid gumming up the screen. There's two different kinds of there's two different kinds of spark racers. So there's a screen type, and there's this other one called the Kurzman Bullet, and it's essentially a fan, a turbine looking thing that will 
sit at some point and has a catch. It basically, if there were a spark, and that'd be pretty rare in a two-stroke, it would deflect the spark outwards into a kind of a catch area, and then it would cool down before it was able to um, exit the muffler. So those are the two different types of um, of uh, spark arresters that are approved by the Forest Service, and the the Kurzman bullet pretty much is really hard to plug. The screens, I don't know. It depends on how you ride and how much you know how rich your your oil oiling is, but um, you know I knew some guys that could clog them in about I don't know five hours, Bob. Christmas? No, the screen. Oh, the screen. Uh, so my question is, I think the PC and the MFMF uh, both have the centrifugal. Yes. Yeah. So they don't they, have screens. They do not have screens. Right. No. So and and that's that's if it yeah it's, it's 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 if you want if you want a no maintenance thing. Um, uh, you know, spend the spend the spend the money and uh, get the get the spark rester. The two ninety six is a good spark rester. It's not the quietest though. Uh, the the uh, the other one is quieter. I forgot what it was called now. I totally forgot what was what brand was that. I was talking to those guys the other day about advertising in our digital magazine. I can't remember who it was. So, so that centrifugal, what's it do? Spin the gases around to, yeah, it's a little, to it's put a out the spark. That, that start the flow, so the spin it spins it and it spins it, it spins it, it outward and, and off to the side and outward. And so, so it, it basically, you know, it kind of has, it's a, it's a baffling device. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Ryan, I, uh, Raymond, I will, uh, I'm, I think I'm going to try to get those shirts out this week. I hope, I hope I can do that. Just to, they got too many uh, irons in the fire until November 3rd and not for the reason that you're thinking. <laughs> Jimmy, the important yep. thing is that if he gets stopped by a brown shirt, he needs to have the improved stamp. The stick, yeah. Oh, yeah. If uh, yeah, generally they'll they'll stick a stick down your muffler, but um, they also want to see this stamp on the uh, on the muffler that says it's an approved uh, spark arrester. So um, I've actually seen guys that have taken the stickers off of their mufflers, and they have been given tickets because they took the sticker off, even though the spark arrester was actually inside of there. Uh, Eric Williams has a KTM 390 question. Um, and Victor has a question now. So Victor's a top fan. I'm going straight to his question. You said that some of those bikes are sold as closed course bikes. My friend got stopped by Rangers in Hungry Valley, and you are right. But I believe that having a screen is definitely being a spark rester. What is your opinion on this? Uh, just like we talked about, it it has to be – if. There's, they're still doing red and green sticker times in California, which so there's certain times when you can ride quote a polluting bike, which is a competition bike. But if you don't have that, um, I mean, I've seen people like you know take, you know, screen from their their window and hose clamp it to the back of their muffler. That doesn't count. Um, they need to see the certif- certification sticker on it. I did that to a chainsaw um, long ago, and that stuff just turned red hot and. Those pieces of screen were red hot and injecting from the exhaust, so <laughs> it's not a good idea. Yeah. Um, okay, Eric Williams, KTM 390. Attitude and approach to reviewing a bike is crucial. He, he's talking about me, gives the product a chance and analyzes within the mindset the manufacturer had. Everyone wants one bike to be everything, and it's just not possible. Otherwise, everyone would be doing it. The bad reviews come from their competitors paying people to say bad things, period. It's a great first bike that can do everything but heavy motocross and heavier obstacle riding. Get an enduro for that. It does everything else. Want to bet Eric Williams owns a KTM 390? 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I doubt. I doubt that the uh, competitors are paying people to say bad things. I would. I. <laughs> they can't even pay people to say good things. They they just let them ride they let them ride the bike and then the, then they hope that they just say all all good things but um, is that there's that three ninety adventure coming in an R and a standard or something uh, no I think there's just one yeah there's there's only they have they have other versions of it they have a road going right the, the road going one and uh, but. Um, so just the just one. Op- usually open your, you open, chew, uh, mouth <clears throat> open. Yeah, it's okay. Cough, it's okay. <laughs> um, the, yeah, they only have they only have that one, and I. But yeah, I don't think any. They're they're if man, I'd love to find out that a manufacturer was paying somebody to say bad things because like I'd be, I'd be good. You could pay me. Yeah, I mean, I'd be expensive to say bad things. You could. I'd like to that. Have them pay me to say bad things. <laughs> um, what was the other uh, the other question here? Giannis, yeah, 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 Triple says, try the SW Mototech Evo pegs on the 390. You can adjust them to be perfectly level. Level. You have the best review online cool. of the bike. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I've been poking around trying to get foot pegs. Evidently, there's a box in my barn right now that has level foot pegs in it. Um, so I'm going. That's probably what I'm going to do after this show is go out and start bolting stuff onto that thing. Maybe. Uh, Can I some, ride that this week? If uh, we yeah, want an adventure ride. Yeah, give me give me some of that. I'm busy. No, you're you're. <laughs> I, I'm looking up those SW Motec. Yeah, you don't need to. Are we already gave glass them a plug. over there. Uh, do I have a glass? No, I can. Oh, yeah, of course I do. Oh boy, let me clean this thing out. Hey, anybody see my shirt? See what my shirt says? I rode that the other day too. So yeah. did Erica. Yeah, what does it say? I can't. I can't tell. You can't what pronounce it. Says. It? it says, I don't know, Yamaha. Isn't that no, Yamaha? it's not. It's not a Yamaha shirt. Didn't they make those? No, Cannondale did. Yep. Uh, the the bullet ones work the best, never clog. That is correct. So he's talking about the spark rusters. Sebastian Christ. He's talking about the CRF250L. Uh, actually, you should read this. Can you can you can you throw in a German accent? Right, right. Start start right there. I'm, I took, I'm busy. I took five years of German in high school. Yeah. So read it in in German accent. Oh, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> in Germany. We don't have this cheap version you ride. Our bikes all have ABS and LED turn lights. I'm not going to do what I want to. This wouldn't be appropriate. Here, let me cut my mustache down or something. Yeah. Um, Sebastian's kind of an well, a- Oh, wait. Does this go yeah, on? Yeah, he okay. goes on. The bike chairs, only the frame and engine with the eye. Something happened in Google Translation. No, there's no Google Translate in that. That's the way the he route. Well, this is a second language. He's doing better than I could do in German. Right. Let's, let's uh, give him that. Give him that credit. The rally got skid plate LED lights. Other suspension with much more clearance. More ground clearance. Higher seat. S-E-E-T, but that's okay. The toolbox ist much bigger. Ist much bigger. Oh, yeah, that... 
That yeah. would have been good in a German action, yeah. accent. Uh, the brake disc is a lot larger. The bigger fuel tank, so it's shades only engine it's, and frame. So I'm guessing it covers. So it sounds like they have. So they it have sounds a little like in Germany. It stuff. sounds like they have an R. They, it sounds like they do have a. Uh, and that's the CRF250L is what he's talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah. CRF250L. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I was actually, I started thinking it was a 390. I've lost my train of thought there. Must have been the tequila. Um, it says, I think that, that bike has LED lights here. Uh, I don't remember this cheap version. <laughs> they give you Americans the cheap one. They could. Um, it's got a rally skid plate, LED lights. Yeah, suspension with much more clearance. I the toolbox isn't much bigger. The brake disc is a lot larger and the bigger fuel tank. It's only a little bit bigger, the fuel tank. Who's buzzing? Are you buzzing? Is that your phone? Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. At least you had the ringer turned off, unlike Bob. <laughs> I'm looking for these pegs in SWMO tech. Yeah, might not be. They might be. They're, they sound like a unicorn to me. It's like just they don't exist. I've tried. I tried a lot of places to get it. You know, that Pure, was amazing. Surprisingly, very apparent standing on those when I first rode it. That 390, those yes. tip bags. It's, yeah. Well, well it, most people you know, don't I'm know. nobody, but. They, they don't know what it is. They go, man, these bars are too low. And they, they're they a little low, but um, they're definitely, that whole bike is designed to be sat, sat down on. So Ist shades only engine and frame. I think he meant shares. <laughs> it shares only the engine and frame. I'm not sure what he's comparing it to. Maybe the standard. I think he's comparing it to the standard 250L. So Ooh. those those small adventure bikes get a lot of traffic on our on our uh, on our site and our reviews. Pierre Ooh. Irving talking about the JD jetting tuner. I have a 2018 FE350 with the emissions deleted and the end cap on the pipe. I installed the JD tuner and the bike ran and sounded great. So I think he went with an aftermarket end pipe on the cap. Okay. The next day it started, then it stalled, and now it will not start. It just dies. Any ideas on what could be going wrong? George, I'm going to pass this over to you. Sorry, I wasn't listening. So what did he put on there? <laughs> what was the first thing he changed? <laughs> he installed the JD jetting tuner. But it ran. He said it ran and sounded great. He did not indicate that he rode it. So I, I, I I know exactly what it is. He said he Connection, huh? He said he changed the pipe. The, the pipe and the money. pipe end cap. That would that shouldn't affect it. Start. What was that? He's not spending enough money. He needs to spend. He needs more to spend money. more money. Yeah, you need to you need to get your information from a guy that has a web store, not me, because I don't I can't sell you anything. Well, something unplugged or something probably. Huh? Well, the, the, well, of course he, he he did he played with some electro, electronics. He he disconnected the fuel injector plug. And plug the thing in and then plug the, you know, so the JD interrupts the signal between the fuel injector and the wire. But you have to ground it, right? And then you have to ground it. So usually those things are pretty simple to do and those are click fits. But I'll tell you where his problem probably arose from. In order to do that, you have to take the gas tank off. And when you take the gas tank off, you have to disconnect the fuel line. The fact that it started and sounded great means he put the, he put the fuel line back together and it didn't go click. It didn't go 
So it worked for a second to pressurize and well, run. Well, it, it actually it actually pressurizes and runs, and when it runs and it vibrates a little bit, because he said it sounded great, that means he ran it up a little bit, mm-hmm. and then it vibrates, and then it just gets far enough to where it, the little one-way valve in there shuts off and it doesn't flow anymore. So try plugging your fuel line back in. <laughs> I would I, I that's a I see that happen a lot. Um, guys that just they just don't push the fuel injector, uh, the fuel in fuel lines together you know just where it disconnects from the tank into the fuel line they don't get it to click and therefore um i would i would bet a small amount of money uh which would be like a dollar which is more than i can afford to lose um on uh on that being you know you know george we make uh two dollars and 42 cents off of each uh one of these uh tech talk taco tuesdays that we monetize two dollars and 42 cents is our is our average income on this show you said we so i get a dollar 22 out of that or so 21 uh we make we i mean i mean like dirt bike tests it's like the collective thing no you're 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 still you still have to pay to be on the show (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, i pay all right you still have to pay to be on the show Chris Reel's got something up here. He, he, he talked about the the well of course chris and this is this is really good information um Screen type spark arresters must be 0.024 inches and qualified for the rated flow in CFM. Screens and two strokes are more maintenance than the centrifugal centrifugal turbine styles. Screens actually catch the condensed oil and water vapors from the reasonably cool exhaust temperatures of a two-stroke motorcycle. That's that's way better than I ever could have explained yeah. it. That's why he's. That's why we uh, rely on him. He's our oil expert. So, if you have any oil related questions, like what is the best oil to run, or Chris really likes to hear from you, if you want to tell him why your oil is better, and so he he runs Oil Chit Chat. Uh, it's a it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it, my it's the My Oil Is Best podcast. <laughs> well, uh, I'm telling you, his his talk on episode. Probably thirty something um, about winter fuel. Yes, just keeps bouncing around in my head. I see all these posts and these things about ran great, and then you know halfway home, then it wouldn't start or it did this. It was like it was out of gas, and you know, oh, you need a tuner and you need this, and throw fifteen hundred dollars at it, and it'll be fine. And it's probably winter gas. That that little nugget of knowledge has saved me so much time in chasing my tail on yeah. on. Bikes that were seemed like that never had fuel boiling issues that all of a sudden it's it's going away now because the temperatures are coming back down. I had a lot of hard starting bikes that I would have been looking at checking the valves a little bit more often, just stuff that that uh, would have drove me nuts. But, you know, the fact that he told us about the the winter blend fuel kind of lasting longer because of the uh, covid uh, pandemic um, really saved uh, all of us um, a lot of time. And, you know, so. If you ever wonder, if you ever see Chris Real's name in conjunction with uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, it's well worth the forty-five worth the forty-five minutes to an hour to um, listen to what he, uh, the knowledge he dropped on on those shows because it's it's practical, it's common sense. It's not common sense; it's just practical, and it should be common sense. And didn't you say you heard from Busby or whatever the race fuels based also based on a winter summer blend? Right. So even so, if you think you're buying premium stuff. At a racetrack for what was it nine dollars and something at the pump up here? It's still based on a winter summer blend, and yeah, that's what they that's what they make it from. And they try to put stuff into it to to counteract it. But he says it's still 
the base is still winter blend or summer. It was winter blend fuel that we used through the summer. And, and he, he, he goes under the impression that we are just now starting to get summer blend. And then they're going to go right back into the, uh, right back into the winter blend to begin with. George, you got a nice hat. That's a nice hat. I like your hat. It is. I like your style. Yeah. Nice hat, nice shirt. And, uh, Product placement. I like my shirt. Bob, do you see what my shirt says? Can you read it? Yeah, you can't. You, know, you see, I got a really good shirt. See what it says? Yeah, Bob said it, not me. <laughs> Travis Langley says, a few weeks ago, I asked Jimmy about a bike for my son. Jimmy and the gallery... Uh, the gallery <laughs> recommended a few different. That's not nice. Don't call George a gallery. I mean, he's a good no, gallery. These are people from the last show. He's were. a good gallery for showing off your products. He's got my, he's a gallery with my hat on it and a dirt bike test sheet. So he's a gallery. Broader platform for advertisement than Logan. <laughs> uh, including the TTR 125. I ended up with one and it's great. Thanks for the recommendations. Oh, another notch right here. Sold another bike. Um, it is so approachable my wife has started riding it so my son is having to share it with her now looking for something for my 11 year old daughter uh uh since you're a yamaha family blue crew go with uh ttr 110 that's that's a that's a good bike i don't know how, how did you know how old is his son 11 year old probably is, is that older than his son maybe they want something a little bigger I think I think eleven year olds usually like that kind of mid sized bike thing. The next steps up like a two thirty or something. Yeah, that's way too big. So clean them. <laughs> Let's see. What, is he's talking about the screens. What? what oh, clean or replace? Yeah, you just clean them. Yeah, you just wire brush it or burn it off with a blowtorch or something like that. Um, if you if you George, just throw it in the fire. <laughs> let it let it burn. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. What other questions have here? Another question on the JD Tuner. Anyone know if you can use this to richen your bike to run a little cooler? <laughs> um, and he's, his, his name is 2016 KTM 450. So your 2016 KTM 450 probably, if it's stock, should run at the ideal temperature. Um, if your bike's getting hot, I'm going to guess it's your clutch, and I don't think the JD tuner would would help that. But um, if you know, you, if I you, wonder if that's another guy that maybe he's running winter blend fuel. <laughs> he's getting some kind of adverse effects, spark knock, whatever, and it's or overheating, whatever, and he's trying to tune it out when it's. It's, it might be as simple as that. It's winter blend fuel or something. But the question we really want to know is spark knock. Detonation, 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 or pre-ignition. It's all the same. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you could you can use a JD jetting tuner to rich in your bike, but if you're trying to get it to run cooler, uh, I don't think richening the bike unless the bike is really lean would would be an option or maybe you know like maybe you put an, a really open exhaust on it and that's causing it to run lean and richening it it's not going to change the temperature that much uh, i don't think i mean do lean running engines run that much hotter i haven't really noticed a a difference in a you know i think they i think they get hotter like hot enough like in a two-stroke it'll get 
<laughs> it can get really hot enough to make it seize, but your cooling system isn't going to fix that. I chased that on a Yamaha 125 one year. Um, I had some guys that really knew how to port the cylinder. Not me. They were professionals. <laughs> and they ported it for motocross, and motocross and desert racing did not so, um, work out. So Christian, he, he posts, he missed the beginning of the show, but a 2020. Uh, 2020 Africa Twin versus a oh. 109011. Not in, interested in the 1290R. We we went over that at the beginning of the show. You'll just have to pull it up and watch the whole show to get your answer. How's that? Right. Okay. So yeah. just go ahead and hit rewind now, and then like the guy yeah, that, and watch the, this till 930 the, at night. Like Ryder S. Oregon last week, he said, "I just watch an hour of this to get to the point where you talk about the point where you ride." <laughs> <laughs> and you know what we told him about where we ride? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> no, hey Christian, uh, thanks for joining in. By the way, I I answered his question. He he. he um, um, somebody, one of our guys put up a post of the, the 2020 or 2021 Africa twin. Um, and he questioned about it. He said, Hey, how is this thing? So we're going to actually answer your question right now. So don't disappear. <laughs> actually, you should go back and listen to the beginning of the show. George makes his stomach growls. What other interesting things happen? Bob's you, chips. You, yeah. You, Bob ate chips. Um, George, uh, did a test to make sure we don't have COVID. See my flag. Yeah. <laughs> It's all interesting things. Um, the so so his he he did he did he said not the twelve ninety or he said yes including no, the twelve ninety not interested in the twelve ninety or is it not interested twelve in ninety that would be the one okay so because he also I think in his post he also said he was looking he was kind of more eighty percent street on road and. Twenty um, percent off road, so that is the that is the area where the Africa Twin really is a good bike, and there's a lot of good bikes at that point. When you start saying, "Hey, I only go want to go twenty percent off road," like at that point, you know, even the Ducatis and some of the Triumphs become really good options at this point. But the Africa Twin is a very comfortable. It's like the Goldwing of adventure bikes, and especially the DCT, because that's like it's like having an automatic transmission because it is an automatic transmission. But you really uh, haven't tested any. You, you tested the first ones, which is a couple of years ago, right? I haven't ridden the brand new DCT, and I can only imagine that it would be improved. And if mm. it improved, that's good. Um, but the old the old one, I was I was really happy with it. Uh, so, but that bike um, for for that kind of riding, I think it's it's comfortable. It's just super smooth. Um, the cruise control on it's really good, and on the KTM eleven ninety, you do not get. The cruise control, which, like, if you're riding a lot on the street, I kind of find that, that I like it. Um, and the KTM will have a little bit more character, like a little bit more aggressive, uh, you know, kind of throttle response. And it, I, I don't, it's probably, KTM 1190 is probably a little bit more powerful, you know, but only by a little bit. But you're never really using that kind of level of power on those bikes. Uh, the KTM would feel... A little bit lighter off road, but you know, on road the weight is kind of a it's not a bad thing. It's actually, you know, makes them comfortable. So yeah, I think I think it get a test ride on them. <laughs> That's the only because a lot of times when it comes to adventure bikes, it's like which one do you fit on? You know, they they're just they're they all have their characteristics and And I tell you, owning an eleven ninety previously and my seven ninety, I really like that seven ninety. 
you know, it's just it's got plenty of beans to do what you want to do. Now maybe two up, you'd notice it over ten ninety, eleven ninety. Mm-hmm. You know, passing a truck or you, you notice it the, where foolish. I notice the smaller bikes is if you're doing like you know out here we have these big long dirt roads and and you know a lot of places where you're you know you can go pretty fast and once you start going like you know 70 80 90 miles an hour that's when the bigger displacements kind of they it's not that that bike can't do it it's just that at that point you're kind of wringing its neck and and what really happens is fuel economy goes down quite a bit you you really start losing in fuel economy and that that's the other thing about out here big long fast roads that'll suck up your gas and no gas stations so even on our ktm 1090s and 1190s we're running auxiliary fuel tanks and stuff. So. I found my 790 just seems to get phenomenal fuel mileage if it's close to. Try to keep up with me is. on my 1090. I don't try to keep up. You should with try to keep up. And, uh, try to keep up with me on 1090. But, and uh, let me just share Run that cruise gas. control thing I told you about yeah. in case somebody experiences it. So I had electronic cruise control. I'm going up I-5. I was in a hurry on your actually. Seven, I was in a closed course. Uh, yeah, on a 790 electronic cruise cruise control on a closed course. But every time I got up to the change in the pavement surface of an overpass and it would go over that bump, the cruise control would shut off. And all I can surmise is that the rear wheel would jump off the ground a little and, the and do wheel that sensors, fast spin yeah. and the electronic would say no moss. And it was kind of disturbing, you know, because it about throws you over the bars when it just chops and you're not expecting it. Every time it was doing it, I tried different traction control configurations and modes and all that, and it it always did it. But that's uh, pretty cool in one way that it reacts that fast to yeah. something. Because yeah. what what can that be? A half a revolution or a revolution of the tire at the most? Oh, it doesn't take much for those for those sensors to pick up on stuff as as sensitive as they are now, especially with all the lean angle things and stuff they have built into it. And it could be just you know, could you just be just the 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 action of the bump? I don't know. Um, you'd have to well, it you wouldn't messing with a switch or something. That no, 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 not with a switch, but just just like it it knows that it got bounced. Oh, like the somehow. G-force in a yeah, certain direction. Yeah. Hmm. I'd have to ask somebody that that actually that actually knows. Do that and get back to me, okay? Some, it's somebody, somebody pre ignition is caused. So Craig Alberts pre ignition is caused by the presence of something in the cylinder hot enough to act as an ignition source. Detonation is caused. By anything that adds heat to the last small volumes of unburned mixture out near the cylinder wall. There we have it. Now you know. I'm smarter about that, too. That's exactly what I thought it was, but I couldn't explain it. But what is the cause? What is the cause? When the, the, uh, the fuel gets out toward the end of the cylinder, uh, it enters the, the cylinder wall. What does it cause? What, yeah. what is it called? No, what does it cause? The what, detonation. Oh, yeah, detonation. Gets out there where it's hotter, maybe. Uh, it actually it 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 takes chunks out of <laughs> it take well very small little teeny tiny chunks to start with, but it, it starts it's it starts uh, chipping away at the uh, at the cylinder head and head gasket and piston and it's, it's all those not things. Going whoosh, it's, going boom. it's like yeah, there's collisions of flame fronts and right. crazy stuff like that. I'm no physicist. I just pretend like I'm one here on the uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesdays. Ask me more about how bikes work when you ride them, not what's going on inside. That's I can answer those questions. Detonation, Chris. Chris, real detonation is explosion without spark. Very high cylinder pressure, and overstressed pistons, or something just popped in there and it 
blew me up. Our new comments. <laughs> yeah. We got five. Pushes new... them into the cylinder. We got a small discussion going on on, yeah, on pre-ignition is random ignition in the cylinder. Makes hot spots and custom fit pistons. <laughs> Like the, the like that's the pistons that like to they stick to the cylinders they like to mate with the cylinder when the yeah the pre ignition. <laughs> uh, what kind of record was Jimmy trying to break? One handed selfie live hundred mile barrier. Oh the on the KTM three ninety. You know I got our KTM three ninety going one hundred and five miles an hour on the speedometer, but we didn't really actually measure that. You have to do it both ways to actually get it recorded properly because there could be slight variations. There was some there was elevation a little, there was a little bit wind. Of, there, was, there was a little bit of tailwind, but not much because you know which I did it going north, and that's the direction the wind was coming. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it was one handed because like 105 really isn't that fast, and it was on a dry lake bed, and it's perfectly flat. Of course, closed course, uh, professional rider, don't try this at home, Victor, even on your XR600. <laughs> uh, um, Craig Alberts, as an A&P myself, uh, I forgot we learned about this stuff. An A&P. Airframe and power plant mechanic. Airframe and power plant mechanic? Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Is that is that better than a communication arts major? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Um, uh, so we already got to Ryder S. Oregon. Um, and Pigard, Pigard 26. He says at 31 minutes and 47 seconds, first of all, I can't believe you listened for that long, in the dirt bike question, does not have a strong metal. If, let's see. The dirt bike in question does not have a strong metal subframe. Your luggage capacity is significantly reduced. Also, fuel economy of a two-stroke is too low, so total distance is negatively impacted. I would only do a weekender on a two-stroke. And he's talking about someone asked me if I would do uh, the Tour of Idaho on a two-stroke and what I thought of it, and uh, I didn't think it was that great of an idea. So that's the, uh, that's the answer there. You know, I was trying to get, I'm going to try to get Brett Smith on the phone here. It happened to, let's see. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah, George, you got to carry the show. Talk about the guy. What does is, what is XT Tenere say? This is very short. XT on the Tenere. This bike really takes care of you. Thank you, XT on the Tenere. Hello? Hey, Brett, you're uh, live on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Oh, my. Yeah. So this is Brett Smith of We Went Fast. Here, grab that. Let's see if we can grab a sticker. I got a sticker right here on the table. My table of the podcast is like, I'll put you right, I'll put you on Travis's head here. So you're Who's the some, co-host? This is uh, George. It's spelled um, J-O-R-G-E. It's like almost Jorge. Jorge. It's, it's Jorge. Hey. And uh, <laughs> he's Chinese, though. So don't don't make any Mexican jokes. Got it. <laughs> so, so Brett, you, what did you get to do this weekend? Uh, we rode a GNCC. I would say race, but I put it in my head that I was not going to try to race. In fact, I... Um, <laughs> I like how he said we, George. We. That, does that mean I was doing it too? No. Okay. No. Okay, so we, we raced because the it's GNCC. A team, it's a team effort, Jimmy. There you go. <laughs> team effort. Right. And we had Nate, the, the mechanic, um, 
John Hines was there giving me advice. He he runs this some company called KTM. Um, Auntie gave me advice. You had um, Ryan Sipes like there Kelly. giving you advice too, right? No, Ryan was not able to make it. He got a bunch of rain uh, this past week, and he was not able to get ready for his uh, big Nitro Circus pit bike race that he's doing this this Halloween weekend. Um, so he kind of bailed. He had to get ready for his race. But um, I was sure to hit up everyone else for advice. Um, what? I even hit up Zach Osborne via text message and said, what's your advice for me? You just raced one of these. <laughs> and he said, when the, guy, when the guy yells 10 seconds, you have 10 seconds until the flag goes up. And I don't know what I was paying attention to, but I was not looking at the flag. And when all the bikes took off, I look around and I was sitting there by myself. And uh, I went into the first corner last, which is fine with me because – <laughs> two waves ahead of us they literally carted the dude off on a stretcher oh gee i'm like we're in the middle of a flat cornfield and someone got taken off on a stretcher like i don't really have the desire to go in and bang bars right now on a 125 so uh brett smith is the owner of uh we went fast and he uh is a teller of uh stories of historical value in the motorcycle community and so he made the mistake of telling me I don't know what two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we were talking. How do we start talking about 125s? I was writing a story about the PW50, which you can find at wewentfast.com. Little giant, the PW50 story. I wanted to know something about the Yamaha 125 and the last time it had been overhauled. And I just said, I love 125s. I really miss racing them. And then this opportunity came up yeah, for so, you so, to so. test the, the KTM 125XC. Right, and yeah. you didn't forget that. Yeah, so, so you know, I went to all my usual sources for test riders, and then, and then it went ding. And uh, when was the last time you raced, Brett? The last real race I did was probably when I did the industry class at a GNCC in 03. Wow! Oh, so 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 you're so you're you're a pretty much a seasoned GNCC rider. Yep, yep. Yeah, this last good. weekend was my second GNCC ever. <laughs> that is one more GNCC than Axel Hodges has now done. Okay, that's that's good. <laughs> Name and dropping. I really embarrassed myself on that start too because I couldn't get Rodney Smith's um, Suzuki started on the line, and I was sitting there by myself, kicking it and kicking it. But you don't have to kick motorcycles anymore. No. And because so, they have electric start, which was absolutely amazing. Well, yeah, and like, why do you need, like, literally, why do you need an electric start on a one twenty five, or or a pita, or you know, or a mini bike as well? That's that's why. I, okay, it, so I wrote about this in the article that I'm writing for you. Okay, and basically, it's why not <laughs> if you have the capability. It's like this is what I wrote in the article. It's like keyless entry on our vehicles. Well, maybe not my vehicle because I drive it. 20 year old truck i still unlock it with a key it's like that one little micro step in your life like a micro inconvenience that once you've once you live with it just the ability to unlock your car as you're walking to it you don't have to take that little extra one second to stick the key in the hole and turn it and open you know what i mean (laughs) and then if you have a really modern car you just start the thing as you're walking toward it and then the thing's already started for you you don't even have to stick the key in the ignition and turn it that's that's so why like you just saved yourself three seconds, and you know. A and when you're my age, that's like ten minutes of your life that that's gone. There right? you go, right, Jorge? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like pushing that button, and we were doing I photos with Shan, like all that, you know, test oh, drive st- photos, start, all that starting and, and stopping. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. 
kick it. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I that's kicked why, it once. That's why I prefer the sake. I prefer the TTR fifty over the PW fifty just for the exact same reason you just talked about. I don't there like I don't like See? to kickstart anything. <laughs> it was weird at first because I literally, I mean, the only other electric bike I've ever ridden was the Alta, which you know didn't have a kickstarter for obvious reasons, but. It was it was a little strange at first, but it was amazing. Once I did it like five times, I'm like, yeah, why would you want to kickstart a motorcycle? So uh, uh, we, we got to get to the get to the, the chase here. Like, uh, so how how did you finish? How did you represent? You put dirt bike test up on the podium, right? No. Oh, um, I didn't even. Well, no. Jesse Ziegler and I went and looked. He's like, I want to see how I did. I'm like, oh, okay. We go but over you, there. Oh, you, you, even, you, sm- even, you I know you smoke Jesse. That's like you don't have to worry about <laughs> he, that. He's fast. We we looked on the results sheet and we weren't there. I'm like, okay, well, I don't. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> I got lapped. I mean, when Becca Sheets went by me, like over the bars, elbows out. Uh huh. I mean, she about spun me backwards. It was insane how fast <laughs> she was going. Um, so we weren't on the results sheet, but Jesse really, really wanted to know how he did. So when we saw Kerry Coombs in the parking lot after, after at the end of the day, he goes, "Hey, can you?" can you radio, you know, control center? And we didn't make the results sheet and she did <laughs> and got us on the sheet. So we got eight out of 10. I think the other two people just pulled off the, were you, did you write XC three class or industry? No, no, we wrote industry, industry, right. Yeah, Morning Jesse race. Got fourth, I got, I got eighth. That's I mean, like someone named Heath Harrison, who I think is a former pro one. He right. Hauling mail. I I used to but, ride the industry race. It's it's uh, it's better because you you ride in the morning. Like you know how bad that course was on your last lap. That that course changed every single lap. It was a completely different course. Yeah, and and and, and you think about it, how bad it got from when you first. Well, actually, it usually at a GNCC, it's kind of the first lap of the in the morning race is kind of sucky because that you have to you're breaking down kind of the quad lines and stuff, and then it and then it kind of gets some motorcycle lines. But you're going around in your last lap, and it's kind of starting to get broke down in you know rough and choppy, and then you go, "This is as good as it's going to be all afternoon." And those guys have to ride three hours on this stuff. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So the first lap, I mean, I literally took off last and just kind of rode around, popped some wheelies in the cornfields, had fun. I mean, got even though we did photos on Saturday, I didn't really get a feel for the bike then you know what i mean we were just hopping some logs and doing this like we did the the peewee trail and they ron and and jesse ron boston and jesse both reminded me the trail is not going to be like this this is a highway i'm like oh great so we get out there i'm just literally by myself just getting used to the bike feeling it out because i'm on a dirt bike test right i'm supposed to be evaluating this machine letting people by as they came up behind me and just getting used to it. And it felt great. Like the motorcycle memory came back to me. I'm standing everywhere. I'm not going fast, but I'm feeling out the bike and just enjoying it. Just really enjoying being in the trails and riding a motorcycle again. It was so much fun. And then the second lap, I wouldn't say getting cockier, but just feeling a lot better and a lot stronger. And I, did not get arm pump, which I don't understand how. I mean, I had arm pump <laughs> after the shoot on Saturday for me, like, you know, doing the 180s, yanking the bike, pulling with my right arm because I like to lean to the left side when I do a donut or U-turn. My right forearm was just sore the next morning. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm, I'm dead halfway through the first lap. There's no <laughs> way I'm going to be able to finish this race. 
but I didn't get tired. You know, I'd like to say, oh my God, the KTM handles so well, you won't even get arm pump. But that, that might be like misleading advertising. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, <laughs> it, 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 it was I backed up by factual, uh, factual evidence. Yeah. I mean, you, you yeah. can, you can say it did not provide arm up. So the idea with, with our story idea was, you know, it, you know, BJ has been off the bike for a while, hasn't been racing, riding that much. And it, it, we were just kind of like talking about, Hey, 125 would be a great way to get back into it and and how far in your opinion have has has the 125 come um gosh the last 125 i rode was that 05 yamaha the one that they overhauled i i rode it's, it on like an exhibition race at Glen helen like it's, three laps or it's something. still the same <laughs> the, the, so the, I mean, so the, that's what I have to compare it right. to. So I don't know. I don't know if that's fair, but it was it was everything I needed it to be. Yeah. So on Saturday, we went out to watch a little bit of ATV racing. We thought we were going to have to climb like FMF PowerPoint Hill, which is some like gnarly hill out there um, on the course. And I'm watching the ATVs try to get up this thing, and they're just run, 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 just like barely making it. I'm thinking. Holy shit! I this is going to be rough tomorrow. Like, how am I going to do this? These ATVs are the ATV pro riders are barely making it up this. Comparing a motorcycle to an ATV is not, you know, it's not apples to apples. And uh, so I'm nervous. I'm just nervous about these hills and stuff. Oh man, you know, for one, I'm on a 125. Two, I haven't ridden anything like this in a long time. But once I get out there, that bike. It's light. It's nimble. I chugged along in second, third gear. I didn't even have to get it up on the pipe to get up anything I wanted to go up. It just lugged along. It, it's it's kind of it's kind of surprising how you know how much better. That's that's what I was kind of getting at. Is just like when you start thinking about one twenty five, especially older guys. It's like oh, peaky power band, always having to slip the clutch, and and you know you know you have to do everything with RPM. And in fact, now you know the 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 you know they've got the jetting so good they've got the power valves in them working so good those bikes really have a pretty long spread of power and they're easy to keep in the power so is is that what it is because i literally did not know how to put that in, in the words that you just did but i that's, that's my the, memory of watching yeah watching the atvs and my memory of riding a 125 because i did hair scrambles as a kid in michigan back in the mid 90s um I was a lot faster then, you know what I mean? So I, I knew how to keep things on the pipe, and I guess you had to. And you're right. I did not – the only time that bike got on the pipe was when we were ripping across a cornfield. Corn yeah. <laughs> and I did that just to listen to the sound, you know what I mean? Because it's so much fun to, to, to listen to it and feel that power. But in the woods, in the tight stuff, no, I was not on the pipe. Um, I'm a good technical rider because I'm a mountain biker, and I ride in like really nasty East Coast – rocky roots type type of stuff um out of the saddle a lot of balance so in those situations i felt great and that ktm felt like a mountain bike underneath me because it was so light and easy to maneuver 
Um, and that's where, like on the second lap, I started catching people and just, and then I'm getting it behind people. I'm like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? Cause I'm not <laughs> racing here, you know, but I want to get by these guys. And then we get to the cornfield and, and they would hear that 125 and I would start to wick it up and like, I'm, I'm not going to let a 125 pass me, you know, they get on <laughs> right. the show and try to try to pull away from you. And so I caught myself like wanting to drag race dudes into the, into the back into the woods and stuff. But, um, so it sounds like, yeah. it, was, it sounds like it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's and and I mean, it's like when when you anytime you say like one twenty five, it's just all of a sudden I go, that's fun. It doesn't matter what brand. It's just one twenty fives are just a lot of a lot of fun, but they're they're amazingly capable. And um, that was and and a lot of the reason we we decided or I decided to have you go do that is because you could tell the, the the tale from a different thing. You may not be able to describe the power exactly compared to you know whether it's what it's like compared to the Yamaha or the Husky, but. You know, we, we can, we do that on this end. So we'll get a better story out of it with you. It did make me wonder though, like, why isn't that even on KTM's today, I was looking at their brochure, what's on their website and I don't have my computer in front of me, but you know, they would describe it as like entry level way to get in for the younger rider. I mean, even they're advertising it as like a stepping stone kind of bike, you know? And I, I wonder like, are we like conditioning you know, the, the moto community to want something bigger and more powerful, you know, like this was plenty bike for me. I'm only 140, and I know not every, you know, man and woman is 140 pounds looking wet, but I'm sure it's plenty of bike for, for people. Yeah, I'm, I'm, 200, I'm 200 pounds, and that's what I take to the motocross track by choice. I take, a, I have a YZ, I have a 2005 YZ125. And that's the that's the bike I go ride there for fun because it kind of keeps it keeps me in check, and it it does you know it goes plenty fast. They're they're super super capable. So I just wonder if people get themselves into trouble by buying too much bike, you know, oh. if it hurts them in the long run. That's uh. a marketing ploy, you know that. Like the 390, you know, they cut, oh, entry-level adventure bike. Oh, yeah. We, the entry-level bike is the 1290 Super Psycho adventure <laughs> bike because oh, people go buy that first because it's the biggest, it, baddest, and, and then they go backwards from there. I think yeah, it's a and, great marketing ploy. <laughs> and then, and then you know, and, and, you know, it's it's not that they, they get sold the bigger bike. They buy the bigger bike, and then they have to do the power-up kit. You got yeah. you to add, add the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so wow. it's 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 American mentality, man. And if you, you could believe drive... me, you can get hurt on a fifty. <laughs> oh, you yeah. yeah, look up George's belly flop or what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Broke a how, ribs. how come the flat track was not water today? I was really disappointed. We were riding, Jimmy. I don't you think were... you were. Did you ride today, you, okay, Jimmy? You didn't. You didn't. You didn't ask my advice of where to go ride. You went and rode crappy roads all day. It would have been more fun to be on that flat track for at least three hours this afternoon. Yeah, agreed. I don't have time, but it would have been fun. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so are we are we going to get that in time to stuff into our uh, our digital mag? Your quick little riding impression. Yeah, I got to finish that. I'll have it definitely done tomorrow. I remember. You see, this is where edit. This is editor talk. He was like, "Yeah, I'll have it done on the plane there, Chief." I'll get. I started it. That flight was an hour. I was so wiped. Oh, you, you, um, you can't you can't bang out a full yesterday. bike test in an hour. I mean, that's how we you know that's that's how the Instagrammers do it. Actually. Um, we should have done just an Instagram post and told KTM we're done. That <laughs> I think that would have, and and if you can, you know, go buy a couple couple thousand Chinese likes, you know, we'd be all good. Some thumbs ups. 
Just cut and paste the specs off of something and put it up <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, cut and paste the specs. <laughs> so, anyways, hey VJ, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, we we have we have one of his stories uh, coming in our first digital issue that's gonna come out on November third. I will surprise you with that one. And I after reading the the PW thing, I'm like, oh man, I wish we had this. <laughs> so, my, yeah, that was a fun story. Yeah, we'll 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 think of some other other good ones, and once this thing starts uh, picking up some wheels, then we can actually uh, you know pay our contributors and stuff when more than tacos. Did they awesome? Did, well, thank thank you for the opportunity. Did, did they feed you okay? Yes, yes. Yeah, good. And then and then you're also doing a story for the AMA magazine too about kind of getting back into it. Yeah. Yeah, just about you know being someone who used to ride, used to race, coming back to it after a long layoff, just that, that, that experience and what that was like, you know? Yeah. So, so we'll, you'll, you'll get to see a lot, lot about uh, BJ's experience and, uh, and it should be cool. But anyways, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for staying up late. He's back East right now. He's got to take care of his, take care of the family and uh, right on. We will nursing, keep in touch. Yeah, nurse, nursing my sore muscles too. <laughs> they make tequila for that. Uh, right. I need some. <laughs> well, cheers. Thanks, guys. <laughs> okay, talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. So that was uh, BJ Smith, who's also – so he used to write um, some really good stories for us at Dirt Rider Magazine when I was there, a lot of feature stories. Um, he's a he's – a, I don't know if he's an analyst or a uh, – like he does a lot of stuff with ESPN at the X Games and stuff. Hmm. He's the one that feeds the the – the uh, the announcers the facts you know he goes and gets the facts and he's really good with remembering s- stats and things like that and he'll just drop nuggets of knowledge and you're like wow how do you remember that stuff which is pretty cool he also writes a lot for Racer X he would do stories there and where's his hold his book up that's the I was wondering that's yeah, yeah that's that's his book that he he got he acquired it from another moto historian guy. So this is Grand Prix Motocross, and you can get that on We Went Fast. Uh, you know, I I, I'm, I put that out there, and, like, Logan got enamored with that book. There's some really cool photos in there. And, um, of course, he didn't read it. He was just looking at the photos of the old bikes and stuff because his dad has a couple of those in the garage, come to find out. There's got to be stuff in here. He has a Hodaka. He has a Hodaka 125 in the garage. That Catalina Grand Prix. That's I'm bummed that that didn't happen this last year because of COVID or whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't want to race it. Hieroglyphics, yeah, hieroglyphics of motorcycles, exactly. So uh, somebody would like to hear you pronounce the three names in KTM, and I they're on there. Uh, like pronounce well, since so I can pronounce trunk and bolts because I, I met I met his I don't know if his 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 grandson he was he was actually. Um, uh, he was on the Dakar rally when I rode for KTM in uh, 96 and 97. He actually was one of the guys. Uh, I don't know if he operated as a team manager or something. But So the other one is a Kraft Far, Kraft Far, Zoom, Kraft Far, I tried to spell it out. Is that good? Yeah, that's real good, and, Jimmy. And uh, the last one is Matic Hofen. Have you met them? Matikhofen? Any of them. No. Descendants? Uh, just, just trunk and pults. Yeah. Yeah. Matikhofen's a city. Thank God it doesn't say that all the way across a gas tank or whatever, huh? <laughs> I just, thank God I don't have they to. They just re- truncate it some, like Husa on one side I'm pretty and Berg sure on the other. Someone, some, the bell. Someone's going to educate <laughs> me about how to say that properly. 
Uh, I'm sure it'll come in. A new KTM 125 is awesome, says Craig Hill. Definitely not a 78 RM 125 that sounded like it was going to kill you on the pipe until your 500 RPM power band ran out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, um, and then there's one other. Uh, Curly Stoker says, something with more power. I wonder if there was anything that could be considered the most powerful bike. Something that makes a lot of power. I think he's talking about everybody wants everybody. Their hands are hovering over the bells. Well, you know, I have to paraphrase this because, like, I have a KTM ten ninety, right, and I have a KTM eleven ninety, and those bikes make more power than the bike that we're in the bike in question here. But per cylinder, and that's all. You know who I let ride the Husaberg five seventy this weekend. Well, I rode it a little bit because you took off on the bike, the beta, so I just jumped on it. Right. But Erica rode it, really liked it. Well, I had to ch- – so so I had – I don't remember what I had. Oh, I wanted to get the beta for the last – I needed yeah. – I wanted to test some stuff on the beta because I, I finished up riding the test and I wanted to do some suspension clicker adjustments um, before I wrote the test. I wanted to try a couple of things. I wanted to find out where the fork started getting harsh and where it got too soft. So Is that why you ran it into that wall? <laughs> part of, partially. Um so so we I actually headed if Erica was riding away on I chased her down and said, Hey, switch bikes. And she's like, The Husaberg? And I'm like, Yeah, don't worry, you can ride. She's like all of what, four foot three or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know how tall she is. Not very tall. So she climbed, I'm like, Don't worry, it's just like any other motorcycle, just ride it. <laughs> and she, she You she, said the Husaberg was just like any other motorcycle right now. That's what I said. That's what I told her. I didn't because I mean she's probably heard me talk about it. That's a big statement. Just like they did the presidential thing. You know how Trump was doing that's a big statement. I hope all you Herseberg fans heard that. Zip it. You can't even pronounce the name right. (laughs) Well, I've been drinking all night. What do you expect? Jim's driving me. So so the so so I just, you know, just tried to get her shot. She literally needed to have counseling with me after after riding that thing back. Like she can't well, we're gonna fill that thing up, right? Empty. She's only hundred pounds. I know. That that she's is like freaking two hundred pounds. I still look like a flag. When I twist when I twist the throttle on that thing, I'm like a flag on the back. I like my body doesn't even stay on the bike. It gets turned sideways like a flag and starts whipping in the wind. I know. I don't I couldn't even imagine. That's why I said she needed counseling. She's like, I couldn't believe it. I said, So you turn the throttle what, an eighth of a turn? Like, like it just off, it just, it just cracked off a vital. Right. So, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to save all these guys that I know that are on the, doing these drinking challenges, waiting to see how many times I say Husaberg 570 and start talking about how much power it has. <laughs> Sometimes uh, I want you guys to all suffer like I did for three weeks on the old, on the old detox program. So, <laughs> so Craig Albert says, do it. Husaberg 570. See, I'm wearing a Husaberg shirt. I'm wearing, it Can says, they see it behind it says, the computer? Yeah, it pops up over the top. It, I wish if my boobies were a little bit bigger, but I thinned up a little bit by not drinking so much too, by the way, which was the main reason for the whole program. Um, but it says four-stroke force. That's what it That's what it says. And there's there's definitely some force inside of that motor. Um I think that that's a, that's an old that's a 2010 that one it's that thing's getting ancient, hmm. but I'm sorry to everybody for driving the price up on those things. You can't buy them used anymore because I talk about them, and now I'm wrecking the prices of YZ 125s evidently, and mini bikes. So, um, but you can get TTR 125s. I'm told. 
and uh, all all good with that. So does anybody else have any other questions? Do we have any other? Bob, you raised your hands a few times today. I, I did my best to ignore. Um, we, we've covered all the important. Why war? <laughs> all the important subjects. Uh, Jim from New York. Uh, any questions out there in the, the peanut gallery, as they like to call it? Nope. All your questions have been satisfactorily. Read the book. You're going to read Monkey Butt. Yeah, I'm going to let I'm going to let Jim borrow Monkey Butt. Um, this so this is a book of uh, Travis oh, is doing in his normal position. Uh, Monkey Butt is it's a tall tales bench racing and the inside story of 30 years in the sport. So uh, this was uh, kind of the history of Dirt Bike Magazine, and that's the one Nate's in, right? Oh yeah, Nate's in there. Crazy Nate <laughs> is uh, is a character in that in that story. So uh, if I, I think you can still pick it up, I'm pretty sure Rick will sell you anything, including his photo collection, uh, maps of the old Barstow to Vegas, <laughs> all that stuff. He actually gave me permission to write Monkey Butt too, and I, I might actually be working on something like that. So uh, I've been I've been doing some research, although there's certain things you want to learn from this book, and certain stuff it just don't do that, don't do that. Good good stories. Um, Dennis wants to know when my uh, January class dates are needed. Um, we are we got to announce our December ones first. Uh, we do. <laughs> hey, this COVID thing—it's like nobody, you know. We just don't know when, you know, if things are going to happen because it's like flu season, or if it's going to just magically go away in three weeks. It just don't know. Um, it's it's yeah. All, I'm surprised you're. Did you think that out? Your digital magazine. I'm releasing it on releasing November 3rd. It on the election day. It's because... Is it going to get overshadowed? What's the deal? Absolutely not. It's like on that day, 50% of this country is going to need something good to see. And that's what my magazine is going to be. I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. 50% of you are going to be really pissed off and you're going to need some good news. So This could be, bring, be what brings a nation back together. That's what I was thinking. Right? I was thinking because all it's just going to there's going to be so much crap floating around on that day and on that day you're going to get to read about dirt bikes and dirt bikes make everything good. Well, so forget about all that other crap that's going on. Yeah, yeah, and then and then everything will be fine somehow or another. I hope. Uh, just just be good people. That's all that's all I want people to do is be good people. Uh so yeah, I'm going to announce the December class. We have a few spots open in our um uh, what class is it? November? Yeah, November. 7th and 8th. I yeah, I got tons of rally training stuff coming on. It's getting into that season, so getting busy. Uh, I need to start wearing more warm climb gear. So climb is a big uh, supporter of this podcast. Uh, actually, what I was thinking about today is I was going through some old photos, and I saw some picture of their um, aggressor body armor. And I was noticed since you two clowns are here, if we go out in the flat track, I'm going to have to wear that because I have no idea where you guys are going at any time, especially when you get on that pow powerful 50. Jim turns consistent laps. I know, but, betw but between the two of you, you know, him being so smooth and consistent and you not knowing where to go, and I'm just trying to thread the needle, it gets ugly. I need a tuner for that 50, and I'm going to make you all look bad. <laughs> It already has a bore kit on it. It's it's bored out. It's got oh some, well, that's why it put got, me down. It's got some BBR stuff on it. Yeah, it's all it's all there. No wonder. Um, so yeah, go sign up for my class. Uh, buy some climb gear. Recluse clutches. Um, did you use a recluse today? Yes. Did you use a recluse today? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Bob. Did you put the rear brake on your bike? I need to talk to you about that. 
Oh, no. Can I just take it from him and put it on my bike? I have one in the garage right now. You want to try it tomorrow? I'd love to put it on yeah. there. Yeah, okay. It's going to take a while to install Because my, my rear brake at the foot peg is out of play in a lot of situations if I'm trying to do anything because my <laughs> leg's too short. If, if my foot's on the right side, you know, on the left side so, on the ground, so I can't reach that brake at all for like a turn. So you've not used a left-hand brake before? Well, just, you know. Casually on somebody casually else's bike. Okay. Somewhere, yeah. yeah. Bob is a big fan. I have not been able to adapt to him before. So I we, have we, a clake at home in the that's, box, but that's just kind of a novelty. <laughs> you haven't adapted to him. I think I'll put it behind it. I'm going to put that clake in a shadow box and hang it up because it looks really <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and then there is a KTM. Go ahead, George. That's your, that's your, that's your cue. Oh, I think they want, your fans want to hear you read it. Oh, you want to hear me read it? Yeah. I can knock this thing out of the park. So, and the other thing I was going to tell you when you read this, I timed you because you said it was 40 seconds and it took less than 30. So we'll go ahead and kind of watch this right now. Powered by a distinct ready-to-race mentality, KTM is the world's leading high-performance street and off-road sport motorcycle manufacturer with North American headquarters based in Murrieta, California. Over the years, KTM has built a reputation as a fierce competitor on racetracks around the world, and the brand's remarkable global success is reflected in every product it develops and every move it makes. 30 seconds on the dot. Nice. Yeah. You know, the best one was the Rottweiler guy, I think, read that. He did pretty good. Oh, he did really good. Yeah, Chris. You should just replay that so you don't have to torture logan with it every week and just play it it's fun it's fun and take people logan, like it. like logan take that Your fans <laughs> like it logan so, hurt himself hey well we, we we found out that it's proven scientifically proven that if we keep reading that everybody that's influenced by that hearing that ends up buying a ktm so i'll just go around the horn bob what kind of bike do you ride KTM. uh jim what kind of bike do you ride two of them ktms what do you have vespa I didn't see you riding I have any two Vespa. Vespas. Today, what did I ride? Yeah. KTM. Yeah. And I have a lot of KTM. So it's it's scientifically proven that advertising is paying off huge, and that's why the rates are probably going to go skyrocketing through the roof. It's yeah. It's subliminal. Yeah. <laughs> and we hardly talked about the beta today, right? That's the competition, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining in. I'm pretty sure my uh, internet bills is, is we're past our budget on that. Um, like if you're, yeah, like this, Hey, share it with your friends. When your friends have uh, goofy motorcycle questions with you all the time, go, Hey, I know there's a thing you can listen to for like an hour and a half a, a week and it'll, it'll hurt your ears, but you'll learn something. Uh, do that. Um, comment on the YouTubes, uh, all the things, give us thumbs ups, lots of thumbs ups. However you do that, that makes more money for us, I'm sure, somehow. Oh, here, let me hit that button. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm going to thumbs up myself right now, too. What kind of tequila? Uh, what kind of tequila was it tonight? Uh, oh, it was uh, courtesy of um, of Suzanne, my tequila-ness. One, this, of, the, this one is, of the six 200-plus tequila people, yeah, right? Yeah, Terra Mana small batch tequila. And this is um, The Rock, you know, the, the Rock, like the you know, Dwayne Johnson. That's right there. It's, he signed That's it. It's his stuff. It's his stuff on the back. Back. So, um, all uh, all good with that. And uh, with that, we will see you uh, out on the trail. So, cheers.
So that exciting episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday was brought to you by Recluse. Recluse is a maker of incredible auto clutches and a whole lot more in the clutch department. They make street bike clutches. They make dirt bike clutches. They have clutches for your adventure bike. Some of them are auto clutches. They make a lot of replacement parts in the manual clutch, their torque drive system. There's little parts like slave units. There's protection parts. There's the left-hand rear brake, all kinds of stuff for your clutch and transmission, even oil. So if you need to know a little bit more about Recluse, you can always check them out at www.recluse.com. That's spelled R-E-K-L-U-S-E, proudly designed and manufactured in Idaho. Remember to support all of the sponsors that support this show, and we will see you in the next episode.